Do I want to stand? No. No, I'm standing. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Oh, I'm going to try not to bawl my eyes out. Super emotional. I just want to keep singing Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. I don't actually want to speak, but we'll try, okay? We'll give, I'll give it my best, best effort here. Um, if we haven't met before, I'm Harmony, Frau Schmidt, as Jimmy likes to call me. And uh, I live in Belfast in Northern Ireland. Oh, now I can see you all. That's so much better. Although it might make me more emotional seeing your wee faces. Um, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not a native Belfast person, but I've lived there for 20 years, so that counts for something, doesn't it? Um, and for the past five years, I've also been director of worship, and um, it has broken my heart not to see all of you in person. I'm so happy. I'm a much happier director of worship than I was about, I don't know, an hour ago. Um, so thank you for cheering me up greatly. Um, I just wanted to welcome those of you that are here for the first time. There were a number of names on the sign-ups on the registrations that we didn't recognize. So if it's your first time here, would you just pop your hand up? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. Yay. You are super welcome. Some of you have snuck in from other places other than a vineyard church, and we're really, no, don't do that, don't do that. We are really glad that you're here. You are so welcome. For this weekend, consider yourselves part of this crazy family. We'll pr you'll probably be glad that you're not part of our movement by the end of this weekend. But there's also some guests from South Africa with us here. Where are you? Where are you? Right, stand up. Yay! So Matt and Sharnay Osborne, who are heading up Vineyard Worship in South Africa, so really cool that you're here. Um, I also wanted to welcome those of you that are here that are under the age of 18. There's like tiny babies, and then there's, you know, teenagers and lots of under 25s. I'm not going to make you raise your hand or stand up. Don't worry. I have two teenagers. I know how this works. So, but I just wanted to tell you that we are really, really, really glad that you're here. Um, and you have a lot to contribute to this family as well, no matter what age you are. So I have been coming to this retreats for these retreats for, I think, probably 18 years. I'm not very good with counting and maths and stuff, so it's my best. Does that sound about right to me? What do you think? 18 years? Does that sound reasonable? Um, I can't really remember life before the worship retreat, to be honest. Um, I missed just a couple when my babies were really little and I couldn't get here and that was really, I was heartbroken. But pretty much every other year I have been here with bells on and can you believe that it's been three whole years since we've been together? I mean that is crazy, three years because actually just before we went into lockdown we were supposed to have a retreat and that was that was a crazy, crazy weekend for us. We made the right decision to cancel it, but it was really hard. Um, and it's really overwhelming. I don't know if any of you feel like you're having slightly an out-of-body experience being here. And I keep wanting to like pinch myself. Is this actually real? Um, it is wonderful to be with you all. It does my heart so good to see your faces, and I hope it does your heart good to see each other as well. Um, so before I share a wee word of encouragement with us tonight, I wanted to just thank someone without whom 
we would not be able to do this. And I'm zeroing in on you, Sandra Elliott. Sandra! Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Getting this retreat over the line has been a mammoth, mammoth task, fraught with all sorts of weird and wonderful perils. And Sandra has been just the woman that the Lord chose for this job. So thank you for saying yes to Jesus. We're really glad that you stuck it out, Sandra. Um, so we had a point a couple of weeks ago where this retreat was hanging in the balance, actually. And we thought we were going to maybe have to postpone and send you all the horrible email saying, oh, sorry, guys, this isn't actually going to happen until June. And I was getting really stressed about the prospect of... What on earth are we going to do? Am I going to have to make that horrendous decision again? And I, you know, did what every desperate Christian does. Eventually, I thought maybe I should pray about it. So I did that, and the Lord very mercifully spoke to me, and he showed me a picture of a calendar. And I couldn't quite see the dates. They were blurry. Um, but I could see on one particular weekend, it was raining hard, like really pelting down. Well, look at your eyes. Yeah. I know. And um, I felt him say to me, there is an appointed time for this gathering. This is the appointed time for us to be together. And from that moment, I didn't know if it was going to be this weekend or another weekend, but I knew that he had it in hand, and it was going to be at the time that he had chosen. So isn't that kind of humbling that he picked this weekend for us? He pulled it off. Uh, I wish that it had been simply metaphorical rain. <laughs> I'm sorry for those of you that uh, had really horrible conditions. Um, but this is our appointed time. And my prayer is that it is going to rain. Not just outside and not just in my mind's eye, but in here in this room. The Holy Spirit is going to visit us. He's going to water this dry ground. And he already was doing that during the worship. There's going to be rivers in the desert. There is going to be rushing waters, living water for us this weekend. So if you have come here and you feel really dry, really broken after everything we've been through, if it's been a season of barrenness, of desolation, you have come to the right spot. It's going to rain here. If you've come and you're in a great spot and you are feeling the presence of the Lord. We need your energy and your faith more than ever before. So you've come to the right spot as well. So I would love to just pray right now. Is that all right? Send your rain, Lord. you water this dry ground. Send your rain. Open the heavens, Lord, and let it rain. And we, we may we remember this weekend, not just for the weather conditions outdoors, but for what happened in here and in our hearts and in our minds, and in our bodies, and in our relationships, Lord, that we were healed and restored, put back together. 
So come, Holy Spirit, and let it rain. We welcome your rain. We give you permission for it to get a little wild and crazy even. If it gets windy, if it gets blustery, if it gets uncomfortable, we give you permission to do what you want to do. So let it rain. This is the appointed time that you have chosen. And you have delivered these beautiful saints safely into this room. So let it rain on us. Amen. So, the wee word of encouragement. Because I know you vineyard people, you're just desperate to get to the bar. So, but hang in there for a couple of minutes. I know you're like looking at the clock. Come on. The worship was long. She's only getting started. <laughs> but those of you that were at our last venue, they weren't expecting us as, you know, the Christians to be queuing up at the bar. They didn't have the right staff. They sent the newbies in. These guys are ready for us tonight, aren't they, Sandra? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let it rain. <laughs> Joy and laughter, that is exactly what we need. That's part of the rain. Okay, so we are going to take a brief look at a very familiar, potentially over-familiar passage, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. If you could open your actual book Bibles, you get extra points. If you have a screen, you get like half a point. If you need a screen, it will be up behind you. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. You might remember this from Sunday school. If you have children, you've maybe done this with your children and you've acted it out and put on the armor of God. That's the best way to do it. I'm really tempted to have us do this, but I know some of you would never come back if I did that. So we're not going to act it out, but we are going to rise to our feet. If you are able, could you stand? We're going to read this together. In one moment momentarily you will realize why I've asked you to stand, and it's not just because I'm being old school churchy. There's another reason, all right? So there, there's the clue. So let's, let's read this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, 
words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And all God's people said, Amen. That was awesome. You can sit down, but man, that was good. Okay, so why did I have you stand up? Can you guess? How many times, did any of you count how many times Paul used the word stand? Six, says Jesse. Okay, there's a good few. I think there's, well, I counted four, but maybe there's six. I'm not good at numbers. (laughs) Four, six, something like that, yeah. Stand firm, stand your ground, take your stand, having done everything to stand, stand. My dear friends, you have stood so strong in these crazy times. And I want to, and I need to tell you, you have been incredible. And I am so proud of you. And as a leader in this movement, on behalf of our movement leaders, all of them, all the bigwigs, thank you for everything that you have done for how you have stood strong. Debbie was messaging me, I think, three times yesterday about the storms and was everyone going to arrive safely and everything. People are thinking of us this weekend. They are praying for us. And we're so thankful for everything that you have done in your local church. So much of it only Jesus has seen. Completely behind the scenes, how you have served and loved. And you are amazing. You may have noticed that every time we hosted a webinar or all the crazy online things that we did, experimented with throughout the last two years, we always said, well done for showing up. Well done for staying at your post. And every single time, we meant it. We meant it because we knew we were in it with you. We knew it was hard. Um, But I was saying it not just for you. I was saying it to myself. Because if I'm perfectly honest, some days it was all I could do to keep standing. It has been such a weird couple of years, hasn't it? The things that we've had to do, we wouldn't have believed it if someone would have told us. If somebody would have said to me, you're going to take your iPhone out, stick it on your, on your upright piano, and then go live to the whole internet with a worship set, I would have said, you are crazy. And if somebody would have said to me, you're actually going to see more people healed in the area of sleep issues, which was the particular thing that I kept sensing the Lord to to highlight. I saw more people, got more messages about people being healed with Facebook Live worship sets than I can remember in real life. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have believed that if you would have told me. Did I want to do it? No way. <laughs> so from learning how to do live streams to all the crazy Facebook, Instagram, I still don't really even know how to use Instagram, but anyway, challenges with venues, our team members deciding to deconstruct faith or leave church or whatever it is, to all the illness and the grief and the things that we faced in our homes, things like homeschooling. I still get the heebie-jeebies at the thought of it. Oh, my word, it's been a brutal time. And um, the other night, this is how weird it's got. The other night, I found myself, as I was struggling to get to sleep, because ironically, I've had difficulty sleeping, even though everyone I'm praying for is doing better. Um, I've had difficulty sleeping, but anyway, I was trying to get to sleep, and I found myself, instead of counting sheep, I was counting people that had left church. <laughs> I know, isn't that so twisted? You, you can pray for me later, I know. That's so, it's so messed up, isn't it? But I hope it brings you comfort. I mean, this pandemic has done some weird stuff to us. 
But we've taken risks, we've learned new skills, most admirably, however, even the Apostle Paul says it, we have remained standing. It is no small thing. You may not feel like you have stood strong. You might feel weak. You might feel like you're barely standing. You might feel like you walk with a limp, but you are in good company if that's how you feel. So please hear this. So take it in, okay? In Northern Ireland, you have to say compliments about 100 times because it bounces off of people. So maybe you're not like that in England, but, you know, take it in, receive the well done, not just from our movement leaders and pastors, but also from the Lord. Well done, good and faithful servants, every single one of you. Hmm. So... Prior to the pandemic, this little word stand had very little impact on me. The um, early church probably got it straight away. They understood why Paul was using the word stand, probably because of what they were facing. But uh, for me, it's probably taken the last two years to really appreciate that word. And one thing that has brought me a lot of comfort is actually what Paul doesn't say here. He doesn't call us to get a move on, get running harder. He's not cracking the whip here. He just says stand because sometimes standing is enough. It's enough. He'll do the rest. I do think that there's going to be a time for running. I think it's coming. I think we've had a season of standing and that's been enough. And he has done immeasurably more than we can ever ask for or will ever know or see. When Paul says, be strong, you could translate that to say, be strengthened. And we have been strengthened in incredible ways. And we will continue to be strengthened. And so that is my prayer for this weekend. That's what I want to say to you. This weekend is about us being strengthened. I love that song that you finished with, Gather Up Your Strength. This is about us gathering up our strength again in his mighty power. I've discovered just how powerless I am. Maybe you feel the same way. In my own strength, I can do nothing. I need him and his mighty power. I love that Paul does point out that we need him and not just the power. Um, So where do you need strength? What is it that you want Jesus to do for you this weekend? What is it that you want him to do for you when you leave this weekend? Where do you feel the most spent and exhausted? Where do you feel like you just don't know what to do, how you're going to do it? Maybe you feel like you want to quit and you're just hanging on. Where do you need strength? Some of you were here in 2018, I think that was the year, when things went a little wild, the Holy Spirit really visited us. Dave was there, yeah. And um, it was unusually powerful, and British people were dancing. Extraordinary. <laughs> Extraordinary. I know, I know. I grew up in Austria, so it's even, it would be even more remarkable if Austrians danced in worship. But anyway, the British people were dancing. It was amazing. And some really interesting things happened that weekend, some signs that made us wonder, that still make me wonder, to be honest. For example, the guys from Newcastle, where are you? Put your hands up. Yeah? Yeah. Um, 
it rained indoors on them and there was no there was no hole in the roof there was no leak so I was remembering that because I had that picture right yeah so if you don't believe me they're right over there put your hands up again he, they will give you their testimony um, and back me up there were some interesting things that happened why am I sharing this with you not to sort of pull us back into the good old days, or wasn't it awesome then, but to remind us to remember, as Rich was saying, to remember what he's done and to remind us that he can and will do it again. And we've had some sort of amnesia type thing in this pandemic. I know I've had it, I've just forgotten. I've forgotten so much and I need to remember. It is good to remember when we have encountered Jesus in the past. It's about when we encounter Jesus. It's not really about the dancing. It's what Jesus did. Like, there was some proper healing that happened to me that night. I was out on the floor. I missed all the dancing, actually, um, because the Holy Spirit was taking me apart and putting me back together. I think it was because of a word that Jesse gave. <laughs> yeah, came completely unglued. Um, and I have been so much more healed ever since. Um, so it, it's not about, you know, having this great experience. It's about encountering Jesus. It's about how he radically transforms our lives. So we're not asking for a repeat of the past. We're not hearkening back to the good old days. But we are asking for fresh rain. That's what we're doing. We are asking for fresh rain because we are standing on the threshold of a very different world. It's a very different world than the world of 2018. And I keep saying to the Lord, I cannot do this unless you send your rain. I cannot do this unless we have your mighty power. I cannot do this in my own strength. I don't have what it takes, but he does. Mighty power. In him, we have mighty power. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, remind them that they have power. Just remind them, you have power. In him, we have mighty power. We are facing challenges like never before. We have mighty power. Paul reminds us here of the devil's schemes, and they are real. If I was preaching in my church right now in Belfast, I would be having to give a little defense of spiritual warfare because there are a lot of really good Christians who actually never have ever thought about this before, at least in Northern Ireland and who um, just need a little teaching on it. So if, you're, if you want to have a coffee or something, I'm happy to do that. I'm just going to charge on through here. Um, just to say, though, that there are some charismatics who think that there's a deliverance sil silver bullet for everything. I'm not one of those people. I'm not in that camp. It's too simplistic. But how often does the drama in our household fall exactly the week that we're leading worship? Not the week before, not the week after, but exactly that week. You cannot tell me that that's coincidence, okay? Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's helpful to remember that when I'm counting those sheep <laughs> um, at night. Our battle is, yeah, our battle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. The struggle is real. It was real before the pandemic, and we most certainly are facing a very real struggle now. I was walking around our neighborhood. I was praying. Should I talk on Ephesians 6? Everybody knows Ephesians 6. You know, they'll all tune out from the first, first verse. I, I really want to preach about something else. And then 
This happens to me on a regular basis, actually. I, I walked, there was a group of teenagers in front of me. They were perfectly civil. They weren't, you know, creating, causing havoc, wreaking social disorder. They were just chatting. But as I passed them, they shouted out, Christianity is total bull. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And I thought, oh, maybe I should preach on Ephesians 6. Um, and actually, I don't know why, but throughout my life, people just come up to me and shout something about Jesus. I don't know. Yeah, it's, cra- it's weird. Um, so that was, that was good confirmation. But we are in a struggle, and our battle is not against flesh and blood. My experience is that Getting the armor on can be challenging, right? We're not going to talk a lot about the specific pieces of the armor because you all want to get to the bar. But um, it can be challenging to get that armor on, right? We maybe don't feel like it. But the truth is I think it's even harder to keep it on. I think that's really where we run into trouble. Keeping it on is a whole other deal. Keeping it on requires him and his mighty power and probably some real grit and intentionality on our part. It doesn't just happen to us. We put it on. Keeping our armor requires us to see the spiritual practices and the gathering of the church as essential to continue to press in. And so, of course, this is precisely what Paul invites us to do. Verse 18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. In the vineyard, we sing a lot of our prayers, which I think there's good precedent for that. Wasn't it St. Augustine who said that if you sing, you pray twice? Um, Based on the commentaries I looked at for this verse, it is reasonable, it's not heretical what I'm about to do, to say to us as worship leaders, pray and worship on all occasions, on all occasions. That's what we do. We pray and we worship on all occasions when we have no venue. We pray and we worship when our team has quit, when the bass player has caught COVID, when someone else is deconstructing faith, when someone calls in sick at the last minute, when you're sitting, this really was one of the most surreal things, and you're singing to a group of people with masks on and they can't sing with you and you're singing by yourself. On all occasions, even in the slightly dystopian scenarios that we found ourselves in, we worship and we pray. It is what we do. Who knows what worship is going to look like in the years to come? I have no idea. Don't come and ask. I, I don't know. I'm just going to tell you that I don't know. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but it doesn't really matter because we know what we're going to do. We're going to pray and we're going to worship. We know that that's what we will do. We will worship if we stand by ourselves in our house. I have two teenagers. I sang by myself in front of our screen for a long time. We will worship in venues that we would never, ever choose to be in. We will worship even as other people walk away from faith. We will worship even as people choose to sit at home in their PJs and eat waffles in the morning. I'm not judging them at all. Um, But we will keep worshiping even if we are the last man or woman standing.
standing, we will worship. It's what we do on all occasions. We will keep on worshiping. A couple of weeks ago, one of our worship leaders in Belfast was having a really hard time. Legitimately, legitimately life was really hard, and she was at my house, and she was meant to be leading worship with her husband on Sunday, and she wasn't sure if she was going to be able to do it. And I said, look, you're in a bad spot. You don't need to do it. Pressure's off. Just let your husband go for it. She decided of her own volition, not because anyone guilted her into it, that she was going to press through. And when she opened her mouth in that song, I mean, the atmosphere was electric. It was unbelievable. People were saying, like, what was happening there? We've heard her sing a lot of times, but that was different, you know? And we'd had to hire a PA from a PA company because we also have weird venue issues at the minute. And the guy, he's not a Christian, but he was just sitting at the back bawling when she started singing, you know? So it was incredible. She pushed through, and she stood in his mighty power. And I had prayed for them right before they led worship, and I said, as you're worshiping, just praying that you will be restored and your strength will return as you worship. And she came up to me afterwards and she was so excited. She's like, I feel so strong. I feel like my strength has returned to me. And it happened right when I started to worship. And that is my prayer for us this weekend, that as we worship, our strength comes back into our bodies, into our spirits, into our hearts, that our strength would return. So Jesus, would you put us back together again as we worship? Would you restore us? Would you strengthen us? Would we come awake again in worship? Would we remember? Would you remind us of who we are and why we worship? Would we see your mighty power in our midst as we worship? Just pray for that. We're just desperate for it, Lord, to see your mighty power and your strength. Some of you, the Holy Spirit is really resting on. I wasn't planning on praying there, so now I have to think, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, just come, Holy Spirit. Just fall on those that are really, really needing to receive your strength right now. Just start putting us back together. Just pray for physical healing on the effects of stress in our bodies effects of burnout and exhaustion. Just come, Holy Spirit. I just feel like for some of us, we can't hold a thought in our head, like we can't concentrate on things anymore. And I feel like the Lord wants me to say to you, you have the mind of Christ. So release the mind of Christ into our scattered, tired minds. Give us clarity to think again. We're going to need our minds in this next season. I just pray for the mind of Christ for us all here. Jesus is so kind, isn't he? Jesus is so kind, so merciful. 
just loves his people so much. Yeah, just release your healing now, Holy Spirit. Just for anyone here who's needs healing, just come, Holy Spirit. Just keep receiving. We don't want to leave anybody behind this weekend. So we're just slowing the bus down a little bit here for a minute. We don't want to leave anybody behind. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah. We just pray for Louise right now. Just come, Holy Spirit. I just feel like the Lord wants you to know that he sees you. He knows you. And the picture that I had was of like a heart that was really good. There's such goodness in your heart. There's such kindness in your heart. bless you to be the person that Jesus has created you to be. Strengthen Louise in your mighty power, Jesus. Just for anyone else here who's really experiencing the Holy Spirit right now, just because you're not in the front row doesn't mean that you don't count. Jesus sees you and knows you, and he's just pouring out his lavish affection on you. He loves you so much. find it fascinating how the Apostle Paul finishes this incredible piece of literature. So if I had written this, I probably would have finished with some sort of grand finale of like, now let's take the hill and we'll get our armor on and we're going to take the city. And I've just been blown away by what he actually says. He says, pray for me. That's what he says. He says, pray for me. He, the great Apostle Paul, shows his weakness and his vulnerability. He doesn't say, I've got this armor thing down, folks. Let me show you how awesome I look in my armor. No, he says, pray for me. And if Paul can humble himself like that, so can we. And maybe some of us need to say to someone this weekend, pray for me. In fact, we all need to do that, don't we? Pray for me. 
Given what we've been through, we maybe don't need to just wake up and become alert, as Paul talks about, although that's really important and that is going to happen. But we may also need to heal up first. And this retreat is a space where you can heal. And the pressure's off. No one's expecting anything from you. You don't need to do any live streams. You don't need to edit anything. I know some of you love editing. Um, to you can encounter the comforter and the counselor as well as your friends around you on a similar path who would love to pray for you. I know that we would love to pray for each other. So let's take a page out of the Apostle Paul's book and let's be vulnerable with one another and tell the truth about where we're really at and how we really are. Paul asks for prayer to be fearless. I find that really encouraging because I think he's the most courageous person ever. Um, even the great apostle Paul struggled with fear. Some of you have gone some really dark places throughout this pandemic, and we would love to pray for you. Please don't wait till Sunday. Please don't wait till Sunday. Please ask for prayer. Come up, let us pray for you. Get prayer some, anytime, at the bar, anywhere. It doesn't matter where it happens. But please let us pray for you and don't wait. So, your assignment is, say to someone, pray for me, or please pray for me. Those are your two options. And you need to do that at some point, all of us, this weekend. We all need it. By all means, avail of the leisure facilities and all those things. But if you really want to get your money's worth this weekend, you will say to someone, pray for me. That's what I think anyway. If I could give you an assignment, that would be it. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that, but I, I that's what I would do. So just one more thing I need to say very briefly. I want us to notice one little phrase in this passage just for a moment, and then I promise you... We can minister and we can go to the bar, but I was, I've just been captivated by this little phrase, and it's another one I missed for so many years. It wasn't in the flannel graphs in Sunday school. Um, in verse 19, Paul requests prayer for what? So that he can fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. So being the you know, great intellect and mystic that I am, I sat down and I thought to myself, Hmm, I'm just going to think about that for a while. And the longer I did, the more my mind started to explode because I thought, the mystery of the gospel. How does one make known a mystery? How exactly does one do that? That's why Paul wanted prayer. I see. <laughs> How does one communicate about things that are incommunicable? Hmm, I thought, interesting. And then I had this surge of joy and energy rising up in me because I suddenly saw this picture of all of you and you were carrying these incredibly mystery-carrying gifts, music, song, sound, words, poetry, painting, all kinds of creative endeavors. These are our tools. These are our gifts. Imperfect though they may be, they are really well suited to revealing mystery, beauty, and truth. 
They're just perfect for that. These gifts are for us. They are for our enjoyment, but they are not just for us. They are for the healing of the world. Isn't it amazing that Jesus entrusts us with these gifts so that he can, with us, heal this broken world? I love the Van Morrison song, The Healing Has Begun. And if you haven't heard that song, you need, need to listen to it. it it's at the end of that film, Belfast, if you've watched that one, it comes in there. It's a fantastic song. It had me at the title, The Healing Has Begun. And we get the incredible joy and privilege of participating in the ongoing healing of this broken world. And the healing has already begun. It's already happening. Jesus is inviting us to be a part of that mission to heal. And I have a distinct sense that this is our time, folks. This is our time. Creatives, musicians, artists, this is our time. And maybe the rain that I saw on the calendar was not just about us. It's actually for what happens when we go out of here. And yes, there is a struggle, and yes, it has been hard, and yes, standing has been much harder than we ever thought, but we have him, we have Jesus, and his mighty power, and he has strengthened us, and he will continue to strengthen us in his mighty power. I'm so excited about what God's going to do. I mean, I am as broken as any of the rest of you. This, these two years have been horrendous, but I am so expectant about what God is going to do with us broken people. We're walking with a limp, but we have got authority that we did not have before this pandemic. We have, we have taken some ground that we didn't have before. Folks, we're not afraid of going live on the internet and all the crazy stuff that we've done. I dread to think what else he's going to invite us to do. Like, don't... <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but I think that there's some incredible things in store, and they might be under the radar, they might not be widely known, but sure, who cares about that? We're the vineyard, right? It might be a mustard seed, it might just be a song for one person, you know, a painting for one family, it might be really simple stuff like that, having someone over for a really nice meal, but we get to do that stuff now, so let's do it, right? Let's not worry about our limp <laughs> and all the things that we think that we don't have. Let's focus on what we do have. We have so much in him. Why don't you stand?